0: Shut up, you listen to my monkey mouth as a companion when you got pun on the canoe route Hopped in a portal and got in a fight, Elias knocked him out. Bow, armchair fighting style. Bow, you will see he tapped out. Bow, we win, we get crowned. Monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth. Alrighty, Armchair Army, welcome back to another iteration of Armchair MMA. On this episode, we're going to be reviewing UFC 272, as well as looking back on the fight cards that happened between UFC 271 and 272. We'll also take a look forward at all the fights that are going to take place between 272 and 273, as well as the fights that are confirmed for 273 as it is. So we got a little bit to cover. Uh, you know, I just want to dive straight into UFC 272. Great card. Um, little weird um, with it having uh, no title fight as the main event, right? Um, usually, you expect there to be a strap on the line. Um, you know, maybe even have the BML belt on the line with these two guys fighting in particular, but um, no belt on the line, right? Uh, they felt like. There was enough uh, marketing hype around these two to build a card around it. And they were right. Um, it was a good card. People bought. I bought. I, had, I watched. Granted, I run a podcast. I have to watch it all. So it's an operating expense. If I don't make a profit, I'm marking that shit off at the end of the year. This is a sole prop. All my money goes to salary. There's no profit at the end of the year. So it's all a wash. Cool. Cool. Tax evasion. But... Colby Covington, man, got the goddamn job done against Jorge Masvidal. There's a reason he was the betting favorite, right? I think anybody who really gets MMA understands that they're both really talented guys. They both worked really hard. It's just that uh, Colby's primary skill set that he came into MMA with was wrestling, whereas Jorge's primary skill set that he had coming into MMA was, uh, you know, more Muay Thai strikes, knees and elbows types, and I think that uh, anytime that you're just on the surface in MMA looking at a striker versus grappler matchup, the grappler's always going to have the advantage, right? Wrestling is just the single best skill to have worked on whenever it's coming to translating into the octagon, right? These guys can come in, they put the pressure on people, they melt guys, they wrestle fuck them. Um, and they win fights. And I mean, Colby Covington won an impressive fight. Like, it was impressive. um It was really impressive. I was pulling for Jorge, right? um I was big, big pulling for Jorge Masvidal. Um, I don't like the heel thing that Colby's doing, right? I understand it's a business. It's an entertainment business. They were talking about cutting him at some point, even though he was winning fights because he wasn't entertaining enough. And so he called Brazil a dump and started writing Donald Trump's jock and has just been, like, more or less riding those waves ever since. And, you know, now his embedded are, like, episodes of MTV Cribs. And, like, it's all, like, this big gimmick, which is cool. Um, it's really neat for, like, ridging, bridging the gap to the casuals who don't know what's going on and for, like, creating a fun heel character so the people who don't know what's going on can get, like, emotionally invested in it. Um, and so you know it, it works, right? I mean, the guy is top ranked fighter and one of the top ranked fighters in the world. People know his name. People tune in because they want to see him lose. Uh, and so I'm not necessarily mad at the effectiveness, right? Like it's like he's the means have gotten him to the ends, right? I just don't like the means that are being employed. But um, I'm also not in his position, so I can't speak on it too matter of factly. Um, I just know that in my gut, right? I don't necessarily like. Um, fakeness you know and it seems like there's a lot of fakeness over there right i don't think that he's that corny i think he's just rolling with the punches at this point and trying to keep his brand as relevant as possible well you know, he's he's in the he's in the pan flashing right now right in 40 years he'll 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 be a normal Kobe again again but right now he's 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 living that life really disappointed for jorge right I know that he really wanted to get this one back for his coaches and stuff and just couldn't get it done. Just couldn't get it done. Like you said, at the end of the fight, my wrestling wasn't on point. came out flat, and that's the difference, right? Um, so props to Colby. I don't know what they're going to do with him. Right, I mean, I guess at this point he's just uh, resigned to gatekeeping for Marty. Maybe if he wins a couple more impressive fights, they let him fight Marty again. But, I mean... Oh man, Welterweight's crazy uh, yeah, weight's crazy right now with the way that with the way that Marty Usman's dominating it. The co-main event was uh, another weird one. Um RDA fought Renato Moicano on short term, on short notice. Uh, it was at a catch weight, and they had it go for five rounds. Um it was strange to me that they had it go for five rounds, especially with it being someone who was coming in on short notice. It just seemed like they were really stacking the cards in uh, RDA's favor in this one um which I don't think there's any favoritism going on I think they just already scheduled it for a five round fight that's what they had worked into the production schedule so that's what they rolled with right like there's gears happening in this organization that aren't necessarily all just relating to fighting and so um you know they had a five rounds fight scheduled and they they found someone to plug in all the respect in the world to Renato Moicano the dude is easily one of the toughest humans on the planet. I'm glad I wasn't in his corner. I would have thrown in the towel in the third round. Um, you know, the, the, I think it was Goddard, Mark Goddard was like trying his best to get the the doctor to come in to stop it. But I mean, the guy could see, right. It wasn't on the doctor. It was on uh, Mark Goddard to stop the fight whenever he wasn't intelligently defending himself. And I feel like Probably should have happened in the third round once or twice. um And then just the rest of that abuse was just straight up abuse, man. Like Renato Moicano took one of the most legendary ass weapons that has ever been dished out in the UFC. It was fucking crazy. And then, you know, like the fifth round, I mean, even like Dean Thomas gets on and is like, it seems like RDA is just turning this into a sparring match out of respect for Renato. He doesn't want to keep hurting him. And then Renato fucking one twos him and really hurts him, you know? And RDA has to go back to whooping that ass, um, and so, I love that, uh, I love that, um, Goddard gave Moicano 30 seconds, man, you got half a minute to turn this around and make this, make me feel like you can defend yourself from, stop this fight, um, you know, you could tell, man, Mark Goddard, like, really, really wanted to protect that fighter, and it was just a weird situation in the octagon, and, Mark Goddard's one of the best in the business, man—an absolute legend—and so you know, I, I trust that he played it right to the best of his ability, and he was in there on top of it, you know. So I can't talk too much shit. I can, because I'm fucking podcasting—that's the point of this—and I'm gonna talk shit. You know, we're gonna talk, we're gonna, we're gonna create interesting narratives and stuff like that. But I mean, if we're, if I'm being real, real sincere, I know that Mark Goddard did the best job that he could, and um, I'm not upset with him, I am upset that Renato took so much damage, but uh, you're fucking fighting, bro, you're fighting for a living, and that's gonna happen, so it is what it is, uh, next for RDA, I mean, I don't believe that either of these guys are necessarily ranked right now, so I know that RDA is trying to, like, make his uh, run, right, and um, I can't recall if he's fighting at 170 or 55, I think he's doing 155, and I think, he'd, yeah, 55, so you know, there's there's lots of interesting fights at 55 for RDA. Lots of interesting fights. Um, you know, everybody seems to be pretty well effectively spoken for, and he's outside of the top 15 right now. So he's got a couple in front of him that he's got to get done. But I'm a believer. You know, the guy the, the, with the ass weapon that he put on uh, Renato, yeah, he can do anything he wants. He's going to do whatever he wants. So we're going to see what comes of it. Uh, the fight before that was a featherweight Edson Barboza getting Russell-fucked by Bryce Mitchell for three rounds Um, yeah, Bryce Mitchell did a really good job. Um, you know, slow cooked him on the ground, uh, beat his ass, beat his ass. I I was definitely expecting Bryce Mitchell to be fishing for more, um, more submissions and uh, you know, trying to finish the fight in a different way, right? But Bryce was like, seemed pretty cool with like getting on top, holding him down, and beating the shit out of him, and he did that very effectively um yeah very very effectively we're talking even from like in a full guard he was able to get some good shots off it was a really really good fight for Bryce Mitchell um Edson man having a tough 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 go of it man he's just been you know it's nothing but killers bro it's nothing but killers and so whenever your heart gets out of it or your mind gets out of it or you start to slip there isn't any favors that are going to get done for you, man. Like, they're going to keep... You're going to gatekeep once that starts to happen. And you're only going to fight the fucking youngest, hungriest, most savage motherfuckers on the planet. And that's all that's happening is Edson isn't necessarily a bad fighter at all. He's an incredible fighter. An incredible, incredible fighter. But he's just... I mean, Bryce Mitchell's fucking fifteen and one. The dude crawls out of the fucking Arkansas woods once every three, four months to whoop someone's ass. How do you prepare for that fucking swap monster? I'm surprised the guy doesn't show up wearing a blanket of moss. I mean he wore fucking camo shorts. He got his camo shorts. So, you know, it's one of those things where um Bryce is a hard, hard, hard matchup. I whenever I saw this matchup I had a feeling that it was going to go in a similar way to how it went. I thought there were going to be more submissions involved. I thought we were going to catch an Arkansas F5 twister on this one. Um, you know, I thought that Edson might be a little out of his league on the ground. He was, right? But I thought that Bryce would fish for more uh, fish for more neato submissions just because that's what we've seen out of him in the past. But, you know, uh, Edson's good on the ground. Didn't give him a lot. Bryce took what he could get on the ground, and that led to him chipping away, elbowing, punching. And whooping that ass is the bottom line. Um, so what's next for Edson? Shit, I don't know, man. Maybe PFL? No, nah, they're not going to do that to him. They're going to let him keep fighting, man, because he's exciting and he's pretty and he's like a good dude. Like, nice guy, company guy. I would be shocked if they if they got rid of him. He's not old, old to the point. He's not like Jacare age, so I know he's going to get like a, a midnight guillotine like they'll do to guys. Um, but I wouldn't be terribly surprised if that happened. Um, but... They're gonna keep letting this guy fight, um. I'd imagine. I'd imagine that Edson's gonna get a few more fights. It's just gonna be more gatekeeping with more savage dudes on the come up, and I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it, for Edson, man. I hope he, I hope he stops taking so much abuse in the octagon. That's all I can say. I really hope that uh, he gets to keep getting his money and keep doing what he enjoys, and I hope he finds a way to uh, reduce his damage because he's taking some pretty hard ass weapons here in his last few fights. Uh, Bryce Mitchell, uh, put the fucking jetpack on that guy uh he's whooping Edson Barbosa's ass. It's I mean that like Edson's one of the big sharks, right? Like you want to say to like start feeding him to the big dogs, but uh you just fed Bryce Mitchell a big dog. So now he's up there with he's up there in the shark tank. He's up there with the with the big with the mako's and the great whites and we're going to we're going to see right. Now he's he's for real in like the crucible. He's for sure at the point where Um, He's going to get so much heat put on him that he's either going to forge into a dope katana or he's going to shatter into useless steel. Um, We're going to see. I'm a believer. I've seen what he's got going on. He's out there in the country. He's taking care of himself. He's got his mental health on point. He's got his physical health on point. He's improving every day. He doesn't have a bunch of distractions. He's out there in his trailer, in his garden, in the woods, working hard every day. It's hard to stop. It's a hard force to stop whenever someone's taking that good a care of themselves out there in the woods. Um, Bryce is gonna keep doing good. I'm convinced of it. Uh Walter Waite, we got Big Mouth Kevin Holland. He did not have time to talk shit in this one. <laughs> this is the only fight where you didn't get to talk no shit. Um, because he's fucking fighting Alex Oliveira. Who's now on a four-fight skid? I uh, uh, I hate to see him on a forest fight skid because he's such a fun fighter. Such a good dude, like good dude, good fighter, fun fighter, fun guy. I love everything about Cowboy Olivera. so I hate to know he's on a four-fight skid, but it's what happens if you're on a three-fight skid. You got to start gatekeeping, and you catch Kevin Hollins, and Kevin Hollins fucking knocks the shit out of you and puts you to fucking sleep, Um, which he didn't put him to sleep, but he definitely set him on his ass and swarmed him, and, I mean, it was a solid finish. Like, it was a good finish. I, I had no qualms with the with the stoppage. Uh, I don't think that Cowboy had any qualms with the stoppage, so um, it was a real, real good fight. I mean, um, man, Kevin hit Alex really hard in the first round, put him on chicken legs. Alex hit Kevin really hard in the first round, put him on chicken legs. Uh, The first round was back and forth. Um, I really didn't know who won the first round. I thought maybe even Alex won the first round, but, uh, you know, uh, 40 seconds in, you know, 38 seconds into the second round, Kevin Holland's getting the TKO, so... Uh, you know, Kevin Holland's going to have a beautiful career. He's going to keep fighting. He's going to keep having fun. He's going to keep accepting fights. And like, he's not going to take the path of least resistance. He's going to take the path that's available to him right now. And that's going to take him to some really interesting places. Um, you know, you never know if he's going to find himself fighting for championships or anything like that. Um, he's an impressive guy, an impressive guy, I hope he does, I hope, I hope that the jetpack stays on, and that he's able to hang on to the jetpack, and he goes all the way to the sky, um, Sergey Spivak beat the shit out of Greg Hardy, good on you, Greg Hardy always seems like kind of a punk, bro, like, I don't know, man, like, it seemed like he came into the UFC and was like, I'm a changed guy, I'm a good dude, and like, now he hasn't gotten out of the UFC what he thought he was going to. Like, he's not, like, the equivalent of a pro bowler. He's not, like, fucking getting asked all the questions in the interviews. Like, it's just, I don't think it's doing for him what he thought it was going to do for him. And, uh, and it seems like his little mask has kind of fallen off where he was like, oh am a i guy. I'm, I'm here for this fight stuff. Like, now it's like it, he's being brash and, like, I don't know, man. I liked it better whenever he was being humble because he need I mean cuz you're coming off getting your ass beat. He's getting his ass beat all over the place and now he's not being now he's now he's being more brash like no bro be humble, you know? CM Punk this shit, you know? But I don't know. Uh the guy would whoop my ass for sure. Right? I don't know. I'd hit him in his mouth. I'd take my ass open if I had to, but like yeah, I'm certain that dude would definitely beat my ass. And so, you know, it's always one of those things where you're talking shit about these guys, but you know, it's the it's the truth of the matter from what I can see. You know what I'm saying? It, it uh, you know the guy got kicked out of the league for beating on his old lady and everybody was like we're gonna give this guy a second chance and he like had to get his act straight and was like real humble and like I liked it whenever he was being humble and he was knocking out floor mats but now that he's fighting fucking guys that aren't 10 cans and he's getting his ass beat he's not able to like do his whole little act that he was doing anymore, so, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I was never really on the Greg Hardy train, there was a point whenever it was like, maybe I could allow for the Greg Hardy train to like, enter into my life, but nah, fuck that, I'm over it, fuck out of here, bro, um, other fun for other fun fights, Jalen Turner, man, that guy, 6'3 at lightweight, what a weird force, I, you know, I'm always weird about guys like this now because of what happened to James Vick. Like, you know, it's just like, I'm always worried that they're going to get caught on the chin and their chin's going to be perma broken. But, uh, you know, the truth is that Jalen Turner has some extraordinary tools available to him at six foot three in the lightweight division. And, uh, he fought Jamie Malarkey, who's like a tough Australian shit. Like he, no, no one to bat an eyelash at. So, uh, yeah, he's on the come up too. I think he would won several fights in a row. So, uh, really, really, really good win out of Jalen Turner. Really happy for him. Really looking forward to seeing what's going to happen for him. Obviously, lightweight is a shark tank. So there's, I mean, you throw a dart at the board and you're going to find a really interesting fight for him. Um. Uh, women's strawweight, Marina Rodriguez. Uh, one of three round decision over Yan Zainan. Or I apologize if I said that wrong. Obviously, uh, my uh Mandarin or my Chinese isn't necessarily up to spec. So, uh, cut me some slack, right? I know I'm trying to be a a, a a media professional here, so that's like the type of thing that I ought to figure out. But nah, nah, I'm be lazy with it, and you guys can talk shit, whatever. Um. But Marina Rodriguez's hands are on point. That girl is a fucking terror. And, I mean, Jan was, a, was a, a great opponent. It was a fun fight. It was one of my favorite fights of the whole night. Um, had a lot of fun with that fight. So um, keep an eye on Marina Rodriguez. Um, Mahina Rodriguez. Yeah, Portuguese. Um, but, yeah, really, really fun fight. Really great hands out of her. Um, I think that uh, her most recent fight before this was uh, Mackenzie Dern, who she beat the hell out of. Um, and so, yeah, just like got a couple of really, really, really good looking wins in a row. Um, and she's one of the top ranked girls. So, I mean, man, I feel bad for Rose right there is like some difficult looking fights lining up for her actively, but that's as far as I'm going to go on 272. We all know it was a great card. I think everybody pretty much generally, um, figured it was going to go the way it went. Um, you know, hey, it is what it is. If you were if you were betting to make money, you bet it on Colby. If you were betting to let your nuts hang, you bet it on Jorge. Right, Jorge's our guy. We all want him to win. Won his night wrestling was flat. That's life. We're gonna move on. Um, fights that happened between uh between two seventy one and now uh there was a, uh wow the Dos Años versus Fiziev that got postponed and then Fiziev dropped out because of COVID and then we got. Mykona, so yeah, this 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 card was a fucking train wreck, but uh, the main event turned into being Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. Uh, they they keep saying it's Jamal in the broadcasts, but it's spelled Jamahal. J A M A H A L, and so I feel like I'm reading it right whenever I say Jamal, but I also feel like the guys in the broadcast booth at the UFC have like spoken to this gentleman and know how he wants it pronounced, so. I'm gonna correct myself. I start calling it Jamal. I'm gonna be really upset if I ever run into this gentleman, and he's like, "Oh no, it's John Mahal. They just suck at the UFC." Like, fuck, man. I was trying my best to be respectful, bro. (laughs) But whatever, man. Uh, It is what it is. Um, He's ten and one. Man, roasted the fuck out of Johnny Walker. Man, Um, one of the like weirdest knockouts you'll ever see. It was like a dip and rip hit him on top of the head and like Johnny Walker like tried to get his balance right and like threw his hips forward and threw his head back and like, I don't know man, it was like one of the most awkward transpirances that I've ever seen during a, during a knockout um, that I've ever seen. I also love that Johnny Walker and his old lady were like, you can't be talking shit whenever you knock people out, the fucking fans online are ugly. But it's like Johnny Walker fucking celebrates so hard that he injures himself. Like, I think he's literally injured himself twice in his celebrations now. He's like in there doing the worm and like dabbing on boys. And so it's like, you know, nah, fuck you. We're going to talk shit. Everyone's going to talk shit. And you opened yourself up to that whenever you did the fucking worm on somebody, whenever you knocked them out. You don't want to fucking have people, uh, you know, tr- hit, that, hit you with that same energy. Don't put that same energy out there. But my two senses put that energy out there, have fun because they were gonna have they were gonna talk shit no matter what, right? You might as well have your fun whenever you earn it. It's just don't be butt hurt whenever people are fucking shitting on you on the internet. You know, people shit on me on the internet. People shit on everybody on the internet. It's a fucking vicious place, bro. It's fine. You could literally, you were a former fucking male stripper, bro. Like you could fucking pelvic thrust their old lady into fucking Saturn. And you can whoop their ass. Like, bro, you got it all going for you, bro. Chill out. You're like fucking a humongous fucking muscle-bound dude. Like, chill out. It's cool. You know? You're know, you winning. You're winning that life, I promise. Even if you lost that fight. And even if you feel like you're losing in conversation to trolls online. Like, you're winning, bro. You're winning. Uh, Jamaha, I mean, that's a couple of really, really good knockouts in a row for him. And Johnny Walker is no punk-ass bitch. So um, it's going to be, you know, top 15 guys for him moving forward, I would think. Um, we're going to, he's going to start getting his feet put to the fire. We're going to see what Jamal is really made of. Johnny Walker. <clears throat> hope they don't cut you, bud. Um, you know, I really enjoy watching you fight. Um, he's a big, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Johnny Walker. I like his story. And so, um, I hope, I hope, I hope they, I hope they keep him around and I hope he finds success. I really do. Um, but I don't know what it's going to look like for him moving forward. Uh, the co-main was uh, yet another catchweight fight between Kyle Dawkins and Jamie Pickett. And uh, Kyle Dawkus, uh, man, this was a crazy fight. Literally submitted Jamie Pickett with a choke, like, with one second left in the first round. Like, homie literally tapped as the as the bell rang, and, like, there was almost some confusion. People thought maybe the fight was still going, but nah. Kyle Dawkus got the submission in the first round. Um, brother of Chris Dawkus, who... Um, I believe he's had a good performance since his most recent outing with the Black Beast. I can't remember offhand, but I know that I'm real high on both of these guys. The, the Dawkus brothers are scrappy dudes, uh, and they're going to go out there and put on good fights, and I really, really enjoy watching them fight. And, um, I think Kyle is also the guy who had the uh, the weird no contest. Yeah, one no contest, had the headbutt-induced no contest with Big Mouth. be fun to watch them two run it back again we had a heavyweight fight between parker porter and Alan Baudot and i watched a uh, i watched a podcast with uh, the guy who used to do the ufc countdowns um hardy he he kept saying he wanted to call him a uh, porker porter or porker porter or parker porker um that's fucked up that's fucked up man that's a mean joke like if if, if you're listening to this bro well, that's a mean joke but i will say that that actually did occur to me organically and then you said it out loud and it validated me so it's like ah uh, yeah i have a decent sense of humor but uh parker would beat my ass and so uh he's also got a skinny head they pointed this out into the podcast so he's got a skinny ass head like i'm looking at the picture of him here that don't look like no heavyweight that looks like a fucking middleweight and then you zoom out and it's like oh that's heavyweight for sure We'll see what comes of it next for him, right? He's 13-6. and six. He's he's winning three-round decisions. We'll, we, he'll keep fighting in the UFC. He'll keep being interesting. And Alan uh, Baldo, he's had a couple of hard ones. Um, we pulls it together. Uh, at lightweight, we had Jim Miller uh TKOing Nicholas Mota, which is crazy. Nicholas Mota was like, on the come-up, people had really good thoughts about him, man. And Jim Miller, I think it's like two or three knockouts in a row for him. Uh, and I think that that tied him or gave him the, gave him the record for the most UFC wins. I mean, like Jim Miller has found the fountain of youth. Any of you old heads who are trying to figure out how to like continue fighting in the, uh, in the UFC, um, talk to Jim Miller. Now uh, the last one I'm going to talk about was Joaquin Buckley versus Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Um, Joaquin won a three round decision. I thought that Abdul had won the fight, so... Um, You know, we'll see what comes over for Joaquin. I know that Joaquin had that dumbass Detroit self-defense dude in his corner. It's like coming out with Steven Seagal in your corner. I thought it was great, right? It got some extra eyes to his fights. Clever marketing. I'm not mad at it at all. The next set of fights was uh, Makachev versus Green. And, uh, man, Islam Akachev, wow, bro, made Bobby Green look bad, bro. Bobby Green came out and was aggressive and mean, landed a few good shots, and that pissed Islam off, and Islam put him right against the cage, took him down, threatened to Kimura, got on top. And, honestly, it, it, it was like, you want to say an early stop? Because it didn't seem like Islam was really hurting him bad. You know, he didn't land a whole bunch of crazy shots, but it was clear to the referee that, There was no getting away out of there. There there was no getting out of there for Bobby Green at all. And so, um, yeah, they're going to figure out what they can do uh, with Islam. Um, Bobby, man, good on him for taking the fight um, on short notice and for going and getting his bag and for going out there and fighting valiantly. Um, But it was Islam's night. I think we all knew it was going to be Islam's night and like the unstoppable force that is Islam Makachev continues to lurch forward in the UFC uh Misha Serkinov man his little skid continues man I don't think I think I've only seen Misha win like one fight in his last like four outings or something like that he got submitted in a minute and a half into the second round by Willington Turman, so yeah, it's it's not looking great for Misha. It's looking good for Willington though. Good on him, man. Middleweight, winning win fights, but you know, finishing guys. It's a good look. It's where you want to be. And uh somewhere back at 272, so then we'll start looking forward. Um so you've got Tiago Santos versus Magomed Akalayev. Magomed's kind of boring. Um Hopefully Tiago sends him to space. It's one of those deals where it's like Tiago either sends him to space or Magomed grinds him for a win, right? We'll see how it pans out. Um, I would probably, uh, you know, gamble on Tiago, especially if he's any type of an underdog, just because he's got such big power. Underdogs with big power I like to gamble on. Uh, Marlon Marais versus Song Yadong. This will be a real fun fight for four and a half minutes. And uh, then the last thirty seconds of it, Marlon Marayas will realize that he didn't get him out of there in the first round. His body language will change. He'll come out in the second round and get his ass kicked. Um, it's just the song and story of Marlon Marayas. Unfortunately, man. I mean, we've even seen in this corner where his cornermen are like, "Bruh, come on!" You know what I'm saying? This isn't a this isn't a thing that I'm making up. Uh, this is a thing that's a uh, pretty pretty well known uh, to anybody who's really paying attention. Marlon Marlon's a really strong first round guy and. Everything after that kind of starts to go downhill. He's fighting a guy like Song Yadong, who's got a head like a cinder block. Um, So I would probably have to pick Song. Probably have to pick Song, if I'm being real honest. I feel like Marlon Moraes is the more talented dude. Um, but I feel like in a 15-minute fight, Song is going to take that. Uh, if, Before that, we have uh, Sadiq Youssef versus Alex cesares I mean... Let's be real. That's, that's a Sadiq use of fight, right? He's a, he's a squatty, strong dude. He's going to knock the shit out of Alex Osiris. But Alex Osiris is crafty. Been around for a long time. No one about an eyelash at, right? It's a good fight. Very, very good fight. Um, Alex gets to win. He gets to keep gatekeeping, having fun and fighting for forever. Or Sadiq wins. He's beat a legit gatekeeper, and he starts to climb the ranks even faster. Um. Beyond that, you've got Khalil Roundtree and Carl Ruberson. Um, Khalil's been spending time in Thailand. His kicks are looking crazy. It'll be a it'll be a neat deal to see. Drew Dober is going to be fighting Terrence McKinney. Um, that'll be fun, right? Drew Dober is always a fun fight. Alex Paheia versus Bruno Silva. That'll be a fun fight. Alex Paheia is always a fun fight. Moving forward, you've got Alexander Volkov versus Tom Aspinall headlining a card on the 19th. Um, I think this is Aspinall's fight, bro. Uh, Alexander Volkov is big, tall, more experienced, probably a crisper striker. But Tom Aspinall is still goddamn fast. It's unreal, and he's hyper-aggressive. I think he's younger, meaner, more aggressive, uh, more complete skill set with his wrestling and his jiu-jitsu. And I honestly feel like uh, if he gets inside on Alexander Volkov and they start boxing in a phone booth, Tom's gonna uh, really hurt him really bad, right? Alexander's got to stay outside, kick, poke, jab, cross, keep it at keep it where he wants it, and win the fight. Um, following that, you have got Arnold Allen versus Dan Hooker, bro. What in the fuck are they doing to Dan Hooker? I swear he must have pissed off someone, bro. They've got this dude only fighting savages. Arnold Allen, seventeen and one, bro someone let Dan Hooker get an easy fight. I think Dan's, like, fought nothing but guys on streaks. He fights nothing but guys on streaks. Why are they doing this to him? This dude's 17-1. and one. Fucking God, Dan Hooker is going to be in there fighting another fucking savage. I mean, it's one of those things where I think they really know that he is top talent and that if he could, like, win two or three in a row where he's at, you know, Send packing a couple of these savages, they'd happily let him fight for the title. And it's just he keeps taking one, dropping one, taking two, dropping one, and it's like mm, Mm, it's the story of his career. I wish that he could string enough to go so that he get that title shot because he deserves it. He's a great fighter. Man, the UFC is not doing him any favors having him fight Arnold Allen. Um yeah. Eek I'm going. I'm going down. Hooker though, that's my dude. Um, next, you have Patty the Batty fighting Rodrigo Vargas. Bet on Patty. Patty's that dude. He's got all the hype right now. He's got all the energy. He's a, he's a real fun guy. Uh, Gunnar Nelson versus Claudio Silva. Gunnar is always fun. I don't feel like I've seen Gunnar fighting forever though, so it'll be fun to see how he's doing. I'm not too familiar with Claudio Silva, so it'll be an interesting fight. And, I mean, we've got a couple of other fights. I mean, Shamil Abdurakhimov, he's great. He's always good. Sergey Pavlovich, 14-1. and one. I mean, Sergey's up and coming, packing more heat. Shamil's going to, you know, wrestle fuck him. So, if I had to gamble, you're probably going to, you know, I would probably gamble on Shamil just because he's got uh, the more conservative fighting style that's going to translate to more consistent Ws in the octagon. We've got Nikila Krylov versus Paul Craig. That's a very fun fight. Um I think the last time I saw Nikita fight, he was getting choked by Misha Serkinov, And now he's going to fight Paul Craig. So they're not doing Nikita any favors because the bear Jew will strangle your fucking ass in a heartbeat. But moving forward, oh Chris Dawkins, brother of Kyle. We were just talking about him a few minutes ago. So he is gonna be fighting Curtis Blades. And damn, that ain't a good fight. <laughs> no one's a good fight for Curtis. No one. Curtis Blades is not a good fight for anybody. Anybody who I see having to fight Curtis Blades, I'm like, ah, ew, you're about to have a hard night at the office, man. Uh, because I mean, Curtis got hit with, with a perfectly timed uppercut from Derek Lewis to send him to space, and uh, just can't get past the power that is Francis Ngannou, right? But like anybody that isn't one of those two. I feel like curtis pretty effectively handles it him and cyril gone would be an interesting fight cyril's so athletic but curtis is just as athletic it's just a different type of athletic so it'd be interesting to see if cyril could keep the distance pick and poke and, and actually keep him taking him down or if curtis would actually get to take him down and get his way but that's not the fight we're talking about right now we're talking about curtis blades versus chris Dawkins. um and chris Dawkins is a scrappy dude very very scrappy dude um i don't necessarily skill see his skill set lining up and allowing him to beat curtis blades um, I don't think he necessarily packs enough power to uh, uh, put the lights out on Curtis. And I feel like when they when those moments come where Curtis is hurt and they kind of like get close, Curtis is going to be able to throw him to the ground, take him down, um, or at least put him up against the cage and keep himself safe and grind out a win. So it's going to be Curtis Blade's win in my book. Um, nothing against Chris Dawkins; I have all the respect for him. I hope he does good. Uh, next we got Joanne Wood versus Alexa Grosso. This will be a fun fight. Um the women flyweight division is always a lot of fun fights. Um they're just oh, they're here to beat each other's asses and, and Alexa Grosso is on the come up so she's going to be really hungry. Joanne Wood's kind of been there for a while so she's it feels like she's kind of the one gatekeeping here. So we're going to see how that goes, man. It's going to be a really fun fight. Um the next one is Askar Askarov versus Kai Kara-France. I can't speak highly enough about that fight. I'm real high on Kai Kara-France. He's always putting out really really good performances. Um man, always. I mean he's undefeated, right? So we're going to see how that goes. Um it's going to come down to Kai Kara-France's wrestling defense. We're going to see. Um we've also got a, a Matt Brown versus Brian Barbarina fight. Which, that's going to be a a very, very fun fight. That's like a a low-key sleeper fight. That could be fight of the night. Um, Those guys are going to, for real, fight at the buck out. Neither of these guys have any back down in them. And they're both like scrappy dudes with salty records who are like literally coming in there to fight hard and to put on a show. And like, I don't know who's going to win that fight. But we as the fans are definitely going to win that fight. So that's one to tune in for. Ilya Matifi versus Oleksii ain't gonna be two fat, you know, heavyweights wrestling one another. Although Oleksii really ain't fat, neither is Iliya. They're both in great shape. I just, you know, it's it's just gonna be dudes sweating and hugging and rolling around. It's gonna be gonna be frustrating. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got some other fights. I'll mention them. Uh, Nate Landwehr and David Onama are gonna be fighting. I don't really know enough about either of those guys to really speak on it. And then that brings us into UFC 273 where we're going to have Alexander Volkanovsky and the Korean zombie fighting. This is going to be a great fight. I want the Korean zombie to win so that Max Holloway can go in there and get his belt back. I still feel like to this day Max Holloway won that second fight against Alexander Volkov. If you look at the stats and compare and contrast between the first fight and the second fight, Max Holloway's and Alexander Volkanovsky's stats literally flipped from the first fight to the second flight. Like, Alexander Volkov had the stats of Max Holloway from the second fight in the first fight, and that was good enough for him to get the dub. But whenever Max Holloway had that same stat line in the second fight, they gave it to Volkov. I think it has something to do with the leg kicks. Um, I think that there may be, um, the judges are, uh, Overvaluing those little leg kicks and making it feel like uh, he's doing more damage than he is, and that I think is probably the the key thing is those guys over there at um, over there in that camp figured out how to kind of manipulate the judges' conceptions of the fight by throwing little punk ass leg kicks the whole fight. I definitely felt like Max won the second fight. So in my world, Max still a champ over there. To be real honest, like I didn't feel like Alexander won the fucking first fight. I felt like Max won the first fight. And then uh, I definitely felt like Max won the second fight by an even wider margin. And so, meh, meh. Um, but I don't want to take anything away from Alexander Volkanovsky. He went in there and, like, didn't get beaten. Like, he was still, he could have kept fighting at the end of both of those fights. And so, you know, he, he was never a defeated man at all. And so I can't take anything away from him, right? He, you know, he, he's great. He's great. And he's got the belt. And he's defending his belt right now against a Korean zombie. A guy who he's probably going to win against. Uh, So, you know, more power to him. Three total defenses for Alexander Volkov. Uh, Bet on Alexander Volkov if you're a gambling man. I'm pulling for the Korean Zombie because I think it's a fun story and because I feel like it's a faster route to getting Max back with the strap in his hands. And that's who I want to have the strap in his hands. And then the co-main is one that's got some fun history to it, right? Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yon, these guys have fought once before. Peter Yon kind of maybe lost... The first round or two but was definitely starting to turn it on and was clearly starting to win the fight whenever he threw and landed a highly illegal knee that not only ended the fight but injured Aljamain Sterling's neck Um, and so Aljamain Sterling to this day is still the champion by technicality because Peter Jan uh, was disqualified in his title defense against Aljamain Sterling and Aljamain Sterling has been holding that belt ever since. Uh, Peter says that Algermain's best, uh, attribute in the octagon is his acting, which is fair. <laughs> it was pretty wild. Um, but, uh, you know, we're going to get to see, man. Algermain Sterling has had plenty of time and plenty of money and plenty of resources to throw at himself to try and, uh, try again, right? And like now that it's the second time, I feel like his chances are actually better against Peter Young, right? He knows how hard he punches. He knows what kind of combos he likes to throws. And Aljamain Sterling is like a groovier, more creative guy who has a more complete skill set in my world. I feel like Peter really primarily has really great anti-wrestling and boxing, right? Whereas Aljamain Sterling, knees, kicks, elbows, punches, spinning attacks, wrestling, all that mixed into one, right? So, you know he has more complete skill set. If he if he plays it right, I could see Aljamain Sterling winning. But I at the end of the day see Peter uh, melting Aljamain Sterling after the second half of the third round into the fourth and fifth, and probably getting the finish somewhere in the second half of the fourth or somewhere in the fifth. We'll see. I'm a big fan of both. I, I think that the, I think it's gonna be a great fight, and I know that we're gonna be the ones who win. This is a great card. Alexander Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie banger. Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yon, banger. Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres, banger. Kelvin Gaslam versus Nostradine Amavov, banger. Um, You know, it's all bangers, bro. Uh, And uh, so Mackenzie Dern is going to be coming in fighting Tisha Torres the Tiny Tornado. I think the last time we saw Mackenzie Dern, she was getting pieced up by uh, the girl from uh, the most recent card that we watched. Um, What was her name? Let's go back real quick. Uh, what was her name, Mahina Rodriguez, I believe Mahina Rodriguez put the work all over all uh, Jiu-Jitsu girl, Um Mackenzie Dern, and so, you know, it's crazy that, like, Mackenzie Dern is coming back and getting a, a higher fight on a card later, but, I mean, again, she's kind of that star power, right, like, everybody, everybody knows Mackenzie Dern at this point, um, Kelvin Gaslam is going to is gonna have a fun fight against Nasser Dean Umavov. He's always a fun fight. It's never not a fun fight whenever Kelvin Gaslam is fighting. I still to this day believe that if Kelvin uh, could just get his diet in check and get down to 170, man, he could be that dude. I really believe that he could be that dude. I believe that he could give Kamaru Uzman a sincere run for his money. He punches harder than all those 155 or, or he punches harder than all those 170ers. And he's got great wrestling and anti-wrestling. And so it's one of those things that he's... That that ship at 170 sailed a long time ago. He's drinking surfaces and eating tacos with his family. And, like, more power to him, right? He gets to... Like, it was negatively affecting his mental health to try and manage his diet that effectively and to go through all that. So, you know, Kelvin's doing what Kelvin needs to in order for him to maintain his competitive spirit. And, and I'm not going to knock it, right? I just... Man, I am always going to dream about what could have been with Kelvin at 170. But... With that, guys, we've covered all kinds of stuff, right? We've covered 273. We've covered UFC Fight Night Blades versus Dawkins. We've covered UFC Fight Night Volkov versus Aspinall. We've covered UFC uh, Fight Night Santos versus Ankalayev. We've covered 272, which happened recently. We covered um, the Fight Night Makhachev versus Green. We covered the uh, Fight Night Walker versus Hill. And uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's pretty effectively a wrap, guys. If there's anything else, to, oh, uh, you know what's going on is a uh, fucking Kane Velasquez is a maniac. Um, which I say a maniac, um, I like what Dana had to say about it. Um, everybody says that they would do what Kane did in that circumstance, and Kane did it. And so, if anybody who isn't familiar with what's going on with Kane Velasquez, he was sending his daughter to a childcare facility. Where the owner of the child care facility's husband was living at the facility and was a habitual predator, child predator, has already been convicted of all, of, of similar shit, and was living on on premises at a child care facility, and apparently had molested Cain Velasquez's daughter, uh, an egregious number of times. I mean, like it's any one is enough, but like I think the number I saw was over a hundred times. And so Kane Velasquez got in his truck and chased him and his dad in their, uh, in their truck down, tried to shoot the guy who'd been, uh, molesting his daughter. And the guy who'd been molesting Kane's daughter's dad jumped in front of the bullet and, uh, got shot. And then Kane continued to try and chase down Homie and it all wound up with Kane going to jail, uh, on several accounts of like attempted murder, premeditated shit, this and that. And, uh you know, I I don't want to talk about laws. Uh you know, laws are one thing, right? Law in book says X, therefore Y. Sure. Right? I'll tell you right now, uh Cain did no wrong. That child predator ought to be the one who's being held with no bail, and they ought to be throwing a goddamn parade in Cain's honor. Uh is is your boy's personal two cents on this. And if you uh, feel otherwise and you have sympathy for a child predator, fuck you. Quit listening to Armchair MMA. You're not on my team. Um, but with that, guys, that's a heavy note to end it on. Uh, lots of fun fights have been happening. Lots of fun fights are coming up. Uh, I think that uh, we're going to have lots of fun moving forward. I really, really can't wait for 273 with Volkanovski and Korean Zombie and Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yon uh you know two title fights on that card. We're gonna see how it all goes. Um and with that guys, thanks everybody for tuning in. I love all y'all to pieces. I know there's some some family members who listen to this or some friends who listen to this. You guys are badass. I really appreciate y'all for tuning in. Uh again, this is Josh, Armchair Army, gang gang. Peace guys.